Hi, welcome to And Introducing, a podcast about artists in their own words, which is a fancy way of saying one of us reads an artist's memoir and tells the other one about it. I'm Chris Wade. And I'm Molly O'Brien. And introducing the trailblazing, bootylicious, defining, quartet-turned-quartet-turned-trio, Destiny's Child. And also introducing, here with us in the lovely Gowanus Kitchen Studio, Brittany Spanos, staff writing staff writer for Rolling Stone and uh, regularly appears on the Rolling Stone Music Now radio show on the Sirius XM network. Hey, Brittany, what's up? Hey. Thank you, and welcome to the pod. Woo. Of course. <laughs> you do you do real radio that appears on airwaves, digital airwaves. I love that. Probably only my mom listens to. Hey, that's one. I don't even know if my mom listens to Hey, Sirius XM is legit. One day, someday, we might be there too. I was bumping the Sirius XM radio that my friend had in her car, and like the EDM channel so good. was amazing. <laughs> and then my friend told me to turn off because it was giving her anxiety. She's like, <laughs> she's like, when does the beat drop? And I'm like, sometimes. <laughs> but we're not talking about EDM. We're talking about a kind of pre-EDM mu- electronic <laughs> pop music. Uh, we're talking about Destiny's Child today. Uh, Molly, what did you read this week? Um, I read Destiny's Child's autobiography, not memoir, autobiography, uh, Soul Survivors, the official autobiography of Destiny's Child. This came out in 2002, which feels like a different planet. Uh, I was I was a very awkward tween at this time when this came out. Uh personally yeah i feel like destiny's child was still very musically relevant when this came out i feel like it's mm. weird for a pop band to re- a pop act to release their own memoir seemingly midway into their career yeah do you know this book Brittany? i actually don't know this book at all i i think by 2002 i was very deep into my pop punk mm-hmm. and like new metal yeah. same, listening same. so i had like moved on from like boy bands and girl groups and i was over it so by 2002 i this book would not have been on my radar. I love that. <laughs> uh, and I, but I do feel like this was the thing that people did is that they put out books not when their career was over. Is that like, I assume record companies were just chomping at the bit to get as much merch out. Like Britney yeah. Spears had two books. It's a very with pop her mom. Group. Yeah, it's a very pop group thing. Like yeah. a lot of boy bands, especially like they will, they love to release just like picture books with kind of semi-autobiographical stuff. I had the NSYNC one, which was great. Yes, I think I have that too. And I have like Leonardo DiCaprio's like the fan stuff, which is just like facts. Like, did you know he was born on a day like in history? And like, like, he's a Scorpio. With all their pictures, like literally in star cutouts of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird that they were like, well, we've got that for the elementary school audience. So now we need something for the, you know, uh, airport uh, bookstore audience. Yeah, Yeah, this is much thicker than I, I thought it would be. Like when I thought of like, like pop group autobiography yes. i was like oh it's gonna be like a picture book like the nsync one i had that was just like justin timberlake is afraid of snakes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean who like, isn't? joey loves pie <laughs> <laughs> like just really getting deep into the no this is like this was a journey honestly <laughs> that delves into i mean we'll talk about it but it it's almost a pr like move in a way that mm-hmm. they released this because there was a lot of drama swirling around this group yeah interpersonal drama not so much like romantic drama but just like mm-hmm. a lot of issues with personnel which we'll we'll get into that yeah. quartet turn quartet turn trio yeah <laughs> uh before we <laughs> get into that door. the book itself we usually go around and like say what our previous experiences with the group has been uh, I mean, I can start as 
what would have been a 14 year old boy uh, mm. in you know suburban Ohio when this book came out, <laughs> I could safely say that Destiny's Child was not pitched at me very hard. <laughs> uh, though I was like very aware of them. You, you know, I thought of them in the same way that again also as like a, a pop punk little snot, like oh I'm mm-hmm. already too good for pop music mm-hmm. um, kind of kid. You know, I, I thought of them very much of like. Oh, there's for some reason two of everything. There's NSYNC and Batstreet Boys. There's TLC and Destiny's Child. And I think like listening, thinking back to the two the, genders, the two genders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess the four genders in that place. Uh, <laughs> I think thinking back in the on the singles, I remember. I, I feel like the Destiny's Child uh, 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 songs are a little more banging in my memory. I think mm-hmm. I like them more. Like I was just going back and listening through stuff today, and uh, you know, Bootylicious. That song rocks. Yeah. That's a great uh, yeah. uh, song. And I guess, I don't know, is there kind of a narrative that they, quote unquote, won over them in TLC? Did, in the same way that NSYNC kind of won over Backstreet Boys? Over the Backstreet Boys? Yeah. I mean, I feel like Destiny's Child kind of blew up as TLC was declining. Mm-hmm. Like 2002, mm-hmm. I believe, was the year that Lisa Left Eye Lopez died. Yeah. And so that was kind of like, so they kind of started when TLC was like at their peak. And then by the time mm-hmm. they were at their, at their peak, like TLC was kind of like ending. Yeah. And so, yeah, but they're like, I guess in some ways they did sort of win over everyone. I kind of <laughs> always saw them in competition of, like with Spice Girls. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. then Beyonce was up against Britney and Christina when she went solo. Right, right. But, yeah, I always saw them in tandem with Spice Girls, just the idea of these like young women, the empowerment, the mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. the all the girl power stuff and being more just like pop leaning than R and B leaning. Well, after their first album they went way more pop. Right. Right. That's yeah. interesting and not how I would have thought of them. We just watched Spice World. I just saw it for the first <laughs> time last week. I mean it, it's an incredibly goofy movie. So and I guess the Spice Girls in their presentation are like goofier yeah than destiny's child uh so less religious as well (laughs) (laughs) they played into the archetypes like destiny's child was like we're all gonna wear like matching outfits right like one unified group and then spice girls was like okay we're all a different character yes (laughs) uh so i guess i I never thought of them as directly competing but thinking in like how they came off and especially that that Mm. i feel like all their the destiny's child movie tie-ins were very girl power centric uh so that actually makes a lot more sense thinking about it that way of like the uh, Charlie's Angels situation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, so good. Charlie's <laughs> Angels Two Full Throttle is uh, one of my favorite movies of that era. Yeah. Are you kidding? That movie so is good. incredibly shiny. I it's lost incredible. the thread on Full Throttle. I saw it at the drive-ins, <laughs> and like there was way too much going on for me. I mean, I needed to develop more more of an attention span. But Charlie's <laughs> Angels One, my God. Yeah. In terms everything of about it, movies that are like my thing too much of everything is very much in my <laughs> like uh, uh, style, aesthetic, so that movie very much hits it over the plate for me. Well, should we get into the book itself? Yes. Let's talk about Destiny's Child. So, <laughs> the first sentence in this book is Beyonce. So, the way this book is written is basically like an oral history of Destiny's Child. So, it's like Michelle, Kelly, and Beyonce are each contributing yeah. their little blurbs. Um, so, the first sentence of this book is Beyonce saying, people always ask us about Destiny's Child's decision to remain a trio instead of a quartet. Well, it wasn't totally our decision. It was God's. <laughs> <laughs> so like you know right away like this shit is we're, it's going down with Jesus the most Beyonce line to yes. have ever because Beyonce is just like she I mean I'm sure she must have some 
she must have some sort of ego because she's Beyonce, but <laughs> she does just kind yeah. of like drop it all and like give give it up for the Lord like often. I don't think Beyonce has ever uttered like more than two sentences that aren't in song form that have not referenced God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I'm also just thinking of like in Pulp Fiction, uh, Vincent <gasps> Vega incredulously being like, so you are saying that God reached his hand down here and moved the bullets mm. around us. So you're saying that God came down here and said, no, I can't let you have another fourth person in this band. You're perfect as I'm a trio. keeping my hand on the recording studio door. No, just three. Just three. But like literally, yes, we do have to, I think, suspend a little bit or I have to suspend disbelief as Look, God a only mostly a- atheist that like God might have a larger hand in the history yeah. of Destiny's Child. God only intervenes yeah. in matters that are truly important (laughs) i think this is truly important so this book like all of these books do opens in the middle of the most dramatic moment which is when their member disney child member farrah franklin walks out on the band shortly before they were supposed to play a show in australia and kelly says she says i could overhear the way farrah was talking to beyonce it was not nice i thought to myself oh girl you are over so like farrah is farrah's causing drama yeah fair is like beyonce gets to sing too much the camera pans over to beyonce too much like this is it's we're really busy guys like i need some time like i'm stressed out and then she basically just doesn't go to this australian show so this is where they open the book up so it's mm-hmm. like you know destiny's child what what is <laughs> their destiny who's going to stay in this band but we need to back up to the beginning which involves these ladies being born. Well, it's, it's funny just hearing it. And I think that we're going to be spending a lot of time, I guess we go through this book, uh, thing, thinking about things in retrospect of hearing one of the members of the of Destiny's Child saying, Beyonce sings too much, there's too much stage time, the camera's on Beyonce too much, is also like putting your hat, fist to the sun and saying, you shine too much, you rise and set every day, how dare you? Like, you can't complain about this kind of thing. This is beyond your, your I, control. I stop it. <laughs> So speaking of the one, the Beyonce, Beyonce Giselle Knowles is born in Houston on September 4th, 1981, B-Day. Beyonce has been singing and performing since she was a little girl. She says, I wasn't forced into this lifestyle. My parents never insisted that I perform in talent shows. The feeling that comes over me when I stand on stage and sing is just too powerful. I love singing and performing, perhaps too much. So like Beyonce just like loves singing and dancing and she doesn't really know what else to do. This is just her life. But her parents did put her in essentially pageants, which I'm, you know, we we've all seen the Pretty Hurts video, or at least I'm sure we have. I don't know if you've seen it. I have seen it. Okay, good. Please. I know I was planning on doing a a Beyonce visual album at home brunch, which we still need to do. Uh, (laughs) This is like kind of a... Every meal for me. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So Beyonce, in order to get her performing fix, her parents put her in these pageants slash talent shows and she totally crushes them. Um, She estimates she has 30 trophies, all of which were destroyed by her sister Solange in an incident that Beyonce said she found funny <laughs> as in like I wasn't even mad I thought it was funny uh, like uh, I bet she didn't think it was funny at the time I bet she was a little upset yeah um Beyonce's on this like path to stardom early everyone knows it and she eventually auditions for this girl singing group called girls time that's time with the Y, mm-hmm. um as one does and she makes a cut and this is where she meets Kelly 
Kelly. Calendria Trine Rowland. Yeah, that's right. Power she name. doesn't get to be Calendria. Only Beyonce gets to be Beyonce. She has to change it to <laughs> Kelly. She's born on February 11th, 1981 in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, she realizes she wants to be a singer when she sees Whitney Houston, the pop queen on TV. Um, her father walks out on her family early in her life. So she's raised by a single mother. Um, they're kind of struggling when she's a kid and they're about to get evicted from their apartment in Atlanta. And then they move to Houston because Kelly's mom is nannying for a family and they bring the family with her, um, with them when they move. Um, Kelly auditions for Girls Time and she meets the Knowleses and this changes her life. Um, she moves in with them because her mom wants her to have a level of stability in her life, which is kind of nuts in a way that like she basically just gets this alternative family with mm-hmm. Tina and Matthew Knowles. Uh, do we get a, a sense of the Knowles, the Knowles parents? It must be a pretty dynamic family in general, not just yeah. the two children. I mean, I follow Miss Tina on Instagram, yes. which is the best Instagram really? yeah. account just ever made. Um, <laughs> but she loves both Kelly and Michelle so much, and she mm-hmm. calls them her daughters a lot. She posts photos of like... I think Kelly has like one son and she like posts photos of that son all the time and Uh calls him her grandson. And she's very like there's a really authentic love that she has for both Kelly and Michelle. But like Kelly especially is always in the photos with like Solange and Beyonce Mm -hmm. and they're always in the family group situation. So there's like a big sense that it's like that's like a very authentic sort of family dynamic that they've grown to have all of them. Um, That's amazing. You could very easily imagine another situation of, uh, you know, a three young pop performers where the families mm-hmm. are very much not uh, uh, sympathetic with each other. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, I mean, Tina and Matthew being the sort of epicenter of Destiny, what eventually became Destiny's Child, mm-hmm. it's like they kind of steered that ship. Although in this book, there's lots of like whinging on that and people being like no 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 like they didn't push us into anything they didn't push us into anything like we wanted to do this here's my question even from the first beyonce quote of Mm -hmm. uh, i was not like doth they protest too much well kind of well i don't know about the god stuff or about the no no no, about the uh family stuff about how much they are pushed is it like Mm -hmm. uh, is it a suspicious amount uh of yeah we were never Mm-hmm. made to this was always our choice we loved every second of it i'm guessing it's a like a response to the press because i feel like there must have been a lot of stuff reported about you know mm-hmm. them being momaged and dadaged by yeah. beyonce's was parents very involved yes like and I, like they did have a like her matthew and beyonce had a terrible sort of like dad daughter manager mm-hmm. professional breakup i mean that was also related to mm-hmm. a lot of the divorce and like the family stuff and do they speak to matthew at this point they do speak to him okay. i think there was a period of time when they weren't speaking to him but it seems like he's pretty close with the family yeah. again and i mean he appears on solange's album and beyonce like ta- i mean she like talks about him a lot and yeah like mostly positively but is very blunt about the fact that like he did a lot of bad things and yeah he's not a, he wasn't a perfect dad yeah 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 so yeah at this point it's definitely like all of the women in destiny child at this point are like 20 and 21 mm-hmm. like they're still not they sound so like mature and with it and together and i'm sure that's also like that with the help of their actual biographer or autobiographer mm-hmm. but, but like i don't know it's hard to remember that they also still are extremely young at the height of their success not mm-hmm. in like a teen way like in a miley cyrus kind of way but in like a young woman kind of way right. yeah so i can see them being like 
no, we wanted to do like this is and I really do think that if they hadn't wanted to become pop stars, they wouldn't have because mm-hmm. they wouldn't have worked hard enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were talking about this when we were doing Madonna last week where you with all of these things or all, all of these these pop presentations, you kind of have to look at the text and then imagine how the person is using the text to show you how they want to be portrayed. Mm-hmm. It's like this push and pull of, of image and uh, subtext. But also, you know, there's a lot of bad that you can in bad faith read into these kinds of things. So, mm-hmm. so it's hard to try to like parse the truth, especially of these uh, already mythological people in their times. Yeah. Yes. And pop groups especially have such like a bad history of really bad managers and terrible mm-hmm. like parents kind of getting involved. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think it's, it seems primarily healthy. Yeah. I think it's just like all the stuff with like Matthew is just more so related to like deeply personal like mm-hmm. mom and dad issues. Yes. But right. yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So they, they sort of like merge this family and from then on, Kelly and Beyonce are in pursuit of musical fame. They're constantly practicing their singing and their dancing. What, what age are they at in girls' time? Like um, early teens? I think right now they're in their like they're like nine or ten, maybe. Oh, wow. Okay, it's early. <laughs> um, and this is the one that's on the in the visual album. They get yeah. lost to that shitty metal band. Yeah, yeah. skeleton crew. Skeleton crew. Yes. So Kelly, uh, Kelly says one that. Skeleton crew. Oh my god, what happened to them? Somebody right after that, I maybe even somebody on Slate when I was working there, mm-hmm. uh, tracked down skeleton crew and did an interview with them uh, afterwards, and they seemed like pretty good natured about it, being like, "Yeah, I mean, we were just." Dudes playing metal in Houston in the 80s. Did they ever have like a hit or anything? Did they get signed? I'm actually curious about what the music scene, the greater music scene of Houston in the mid 80s is. Yeah. Because I'm sure it's a lot of shitty metal bands. (laughs) So many. I'm sure there's like, I'm sure there are a few great golden lost recordings of Mm -hmm. like the best heavy metal band of Houston in 1988. Was was that skeleton group? I don't think it was <laughs> All the lost recordings are just skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> they just like, glut. They also got rid of their yeah. fourth member. <laughs> so they get the 4AD uh, reissue, vinyl reissue of the right. skeleton group. <laughs> uh, my God. Yeah. So Kelly says that um, Beyonce's parents were always telling them, you kids need to take a break. You need some rest. You need a childhood. But we kept saying no. So <laughs> We refuse our childhood. <laughs> we refuse our childhood. We just want to dance and sing. Um, so they're in girls time. Uh, they perform on star search in 1993. Um, there are six of them in the group at the time, including future destiny's child member, Latavia Roberson. Um, they lose to a band of 30 something dudes called skeleton crew (laughs) and they are devastated. Um, I didn't realize how upset they were, but like the fact that Beyonce put the little snippet of star search in the album. Yeah. Like now it kind of makes sense that it was it was a defining moment. It wasn't just like, oh, we lost that one time and it was shitty. It was like <laughs> Kelly says, imagine a bunch of 11 and 12 year old kids crying like they were about to die. <laughs> like everyone was extremely upset. It sounds like they were just crying for days. Oh, wow. Because they, you know, they it's hard to compete when you're a child anyway. And yeah, like and on national television. National television. And they really, they want to be stars. Yeah. Like, I thought they, I think they thought this was their shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, given given how it ended up, they probably wanted it more than Skeleton Crew. You think yeah. so? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or else we would have been just watch Skeleton Crew play the, the Super Bowl. Play, play the Grammys. Get that. Get all those universe where skeleton crew is our, our nation's Beyonce. <laughs> 
What would the fandom name for that be? Uh, the Boneheads. Skeleton heads. Boneheads. <laughs> I mean, Skeleton ha- Squad. Well, so, I mean, here's here's the the devil's bargain I'd give you. Uh, it, Beyonce as like the nation's pop culture figure centerpiece is replaced by a skeleton crew, uh, but we don't have Trump. Oh, I don't. Uh, that's tough, man. That's my Beelzebubish <laughs> offer to yeah. you. I don't. I don't want to. I like, won't make you say on my dark. Thank you. Yeah, it is dark. I'm gonna plead the fifth on that one. Um, so they do the Star Search performance. They lose, but they come out of it with the determination to get way better. And Beyonce says they laid down the rules. They said she said rule one: start working out. Rule two: <laughs> rehearse every day. Rule three: get some new songs. Rule four: learn how to sing a cappella. Rule five: find some new routines. Rule six, no matter what, keep up the good work. Rule seven, <laughs> quit watching Star Search. Really, what kind of TV show puts small children against adults twice their age? <laughs> great rules. Yeah. I just love keep up the good work no yeah. matter what. That's great to put it right, right in the middle there. Yeah. You need a little positive affirmation. So I don't know what their rehearsal sketch was looking like before this, but afterwards it intensifies and... I don't think they say this in the book, but I heard this as an anecdote once and it always stuck in my head is that Matthew would make them run laps like they would run a mile, but they would sing at the same time. So they would learn how to like sing while getting all jostled around. And I feel like that single handedly has made Beyonce like the best live performer in the entire world. Have have you heard that? Can you confirm that story? I, I, I like I've heard it. I don't know where it came from, though, but I definitely have heard that. And I mean... Like having watched videos of Beyonce live and like having like I've seen her live once and it was just like when did you see her? I saw the um, on the run tour with mm. Jay Z and I also saw the the VMA performance which was like incredible and she sings live for everything yeah mm-hmm. and it's intense and you're just like how are you moving like that and also <laughs> singing and just like doing all of this and there's so much happening and I'm like that is. That's yeah. just a lot. Yeah. It's like a lot for one human to handle. But like, I, that would make total sense if she was being trained. Like just the idea of having muscular lungs. Yeah. Just from like years and years of practice. Yeah. Like Katy Perry literally can't take a step without like something wonky going on. Mm-hmm. Like she sounds best when she's no no hate to Katy Perry, but like she sounds the best when she's absolutely mm-hmm. still. I mean, that's so true of a lot of pop performers is that very few can sing and dance at the same time like that's just like a it's like a human thing mm-hmm. and there's like no like you know it's, it's not the worst thing in the world right i mean yeah. it's telling that number one on that list is start working out not yeah take vocal lessons or do yeah dance mm-hmm. lessons or whatever it's like physically <laughs> achieve a physical perfection it's all about yeah. the calisthenics man yeah, yeah. <sighs> okay <laughs> so they're they're in it to win it um destiny's child well they're not destiny's child yet they they go through a bunch of name changes. At one point they're cliche, and one point they're something fresh. Um, which Beyonce <laughs> is just is a like good name cliche though. is pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> cliche. I can I can totally see why yeah. that was a thing. Like at that time, but cliche would also be like the girls group that was the sister group to Dijour if they ever made a Juicy <laughs> and Pushy Cat sequel. Oh, that's so good. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Um dream. Good, dream. Yeah. <laughs> they eventually settle on Destiny's Child. Uh so they narrow down to a foursome. So it's Beyonce Kelly, uh Latoya Luckett, and Latavia from uh the original six. Mm-hmm. And so Matthew manages to get the girls a showcase with Columbia Records and they get signed in nineteen ninety six. So they take two years to put out their first album mm-hmm. because they want it to be perfect. <laughs> 
and even though it doesn't do like amazingly sales wise um the remix of no 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 is an immediate hit and everyone is like who's destiny's child is that uh, the white cleft jean version yes mm-hmm. would you are we gonna yes should, should would we like to, to just to listen to some of this just to, yes. to, to, to think about it okay great <laughs> <laughs> One of the most fascinating things I learned recently was like the fantasy remix mm-hmm. with, with ODB on it was the first like pop single to feature a rap verse. Really? Really? Yeah. That's insane. Like before then, there—I mean, there were a lot of hip hop remixes, but there was nothing where an actual like pop vocalist featured a rap like a separate rapper and from their ODB group. ODB was the one who broke that Yeah. Thing. I mean, this is outside of like, you know, like yeah. the TLCs and Soul mm-hmm. Peppers, but this was like the first time it was just like an actual, just like you have like a rap verse on it and then it became a thing after that. And now it's like the only thing. <laughs> it's the only thing. <laughs> that was the one that's like the, what you're going to do when you get out of jail. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So good. I went to Tina Weymouth and Chris Brantz of mm-hmm. uh, Tom Tom Club speak. Yeah. And they were talking, somebody asked about that song, you know, some older punk guy was like, how do you feel about Mariah sampling your song? And <laughs> one of them just leaned forward was like, that song put our kid through college. We love it. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. They probably made so much bank off of that. Yeah, the royalties on that. That's really interesting. Do they still make money off of that? Oh, yeah. Every That's single time the number that gets one played. Thing yeah. That they make money off of. Off of my plays alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They gotta have more kids, kids, kids so they can like, send them to college, college. and um, all their friends to college. So that was no, 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 part two. I, I listened through this album today. Uh, and oh, that this is a part. The it was the remix two, is the called remix, part two. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. great. Which, okay. At least on the Spotify version of this uh, album, comes as track two. No, no, mm-hmm. no, part one comes as track six. I always like when uh, people play around <laughs> where their parts come. I listened to this album for the first time today. After I can fairly confidently say I've never heard most of these songs, maybe like yeah, No, No, yeah. No, once or twice on the radio, just ambiently as mm-hmm. a kid. Um, I thought it was uh, it was pretty good. Definitely a lot more R&B, as you yeah. were saying, than their later stuff, um, which, you know, I, as I was thinking about the kinds of things that were around that time would just make it kind of more ambient in the air and non, yeah. non-exceptional. I really like the song about uh, uh, tr- tr- treating your man on his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always a classic yeah. of like what happens on birthdays. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cake. Other cake. things. <laughs> you know. Eyebrows, eyebrows. Cake. You know. Uh, did you guys know this album? Have it at all when you when you were younger? I don't think I had this one. I, yeah. I had the writings on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't think I had this one at all. But yeah. I did not own this one. But yeah. I was familiar with No, No, No mm-hmm. from the radio. And apparently they mentioned in the book that the fact that they're singing fast on the verses is like a new thing, which to me makes sense. Like I didn't really think about it at the time, but like the almost yeah. like sung rapped uh, verses were sort of innovative. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of ballads on this. A lot mm-hmm. of R R and B romantic y mostly mm-hmm. uh stuff. Not much of anything that I would consider like super, super standout. But not but clearly like not bad. So they had something yeah. going on for yeah. uh a, for some of eighteen year olds. Of eighteen year olds, you know, who lost on Star Search. <laughs> Bunch for, of yeah, losers. For runners up on Star Search, it's not a bad <laughs> not, effort. Not, not bad. Um so and this is really, to me, it's kind of funny that, like, in this book, the actual making of the albums 
and that their sort of like star trajectory is not very well described. And I truly wonder if anyone can actually describe what it feels like to get famous and yeah. good at things because there hasn't been a ton of self-awareness so far in what we've been reading from these people because they're basically just like, yeah, then we recorded another album and it was the writings on the wall and we had Bills, Bills, Bills mm-hmm. and Jumpin' Jumpin', which for me, that was my first like yeah. true Destiny's Child experience. And yeah. I didn't understand... <laughs> I didn't understand what it meant. Like, I didn't know what it meant to go to the club, like, and leave your, like, fellows at home. I don't know. Like, I just, I didn't, I was never in a situation where it's like, what does that mean to, like, you know, just hang with your girls and the club I thought is it was jumping. about, like, literal jumping when I was a kid. Exactly. I was like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. Sure. I think we made, like, this was in the era of, like, making up dances with yeah. your friends, which was always, like, a socially paralyzing experience for me. But, like, jumping, jumping is easy because like you just yeah. you just jump yeah i mean i i always <laughs> assume that this is just like you you just apply to your life at the time you're like yeah it's like when you go to the mall for friends that's it yeah the mall is like the club of middle school yes that uh, is I, don't, true. I don't even know if people go to the mall anymore i don't know what the teens do i used to go all the time yeah. for the massage chairs and the photo booths mm-hmm. and the candy store yeah yeah occasional pretzel Right, hot topic. Hot topic. Hot topic. Go to the uh, entire wardrobe. Oh, hell yeah. I got my first black eyeliner there, and it was also a lip liner. It was a combo, (laughs) which I thought was perfect because (sighs) I should have done it. I should have worn it as a lip liner, too. I wasn't that cool. So many ironic tees with white lettering of of (laughs) pop culture slogans. Yeah. Now it's all just Suicide Squad merch, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like exclusively. Suicide Squad was literally made just to be sold on Hot Topic. Yeah. (laughs) It's a total brand. Although, honestly, I would have been much more interested in Hot Topic the movie than Suicide Squad the store. (laughs) Hot Topic the movie would probably be more interested in the Suicide Squad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Speaking of how these albums get made. Yes. Where where do these songs come from? Like, who is, is writing, composing, producing? Like what? So the producers, like Rodney Jerkins, was one that they worked with. What are you laughing? It sounds like a porn guy. Uh, <laughs> Shakespeare, um, like S S H E apostrophe K S P E R E Shakespeare. Okay. Yeah. Um, people like that. Beyonce has her first writing credit somewhere on the writings on the wall, and I don't remember which song. Okay. But she, I think, is the only one to write. And I think Kelly yeah. and eventually Michelle are just kind of along for the ride. But for mm-hmm. the t- but contributing, yeah. obviously. But for the time being, these are mostly like Gun for Hire or like the record yeah. company lining up people. Those like early two thousand staples. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they have their first true hit album, um, but drama stalks them at every turn. Um, so there's an event that all three, eventually three girls, uh, skirt around discussing uh, in actual explicit terms. And this is the departure of Latoya and Latavia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beyonce says in this book, she says, I do not diss anyone, not even the people who diss me. I hate drama. I always have and I always will. Success is the real test of a friendship because along with success comes money and with money comes problems. So I believe there's some kind of saying or um like an aphorism yeah maybe maybe like adage i don't know it's not really coming to me right now yeah something about the more money you have problems uh, increase in the um same ratio yeah Yeah, exactly yeah by the profit 
P. Diddy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I was about to say Mayor P. Diddy. You should, should probably be the mayor. Look, you're celebrities or politicians now. Just P. P. Diddy for mayor. Not that, I he think would he would do a win. good job. He would rule, too. Yeah. He would yeah. have an amazing campaign. Parades would be great. Yeah. He'd, do, he'd do better than the blood. <laughs> the parades would be amazing. Yeah. And what else do you need as a city? Could you imagine P. Diddy heading up the front of the St. Patrick's Day Parade? Oh, my God. I'm... I would like that. Worth, yeah. worth uh, base an entire campaign around that. I won't see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, so Latoya and Latavia are, they leave, they're dismissed. It's unclear. Uh, neither Beyonce nor Kelly describe the issues that they have with them because uh, their mama taught them better than that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as we eventually see with Survivor, which, you know, talking about literal interpretations of songs, I mostly thought was about the show Survivor because they actually came out <laughs> around the same time <laughs> I, just, I was just like yeah i'm a survivor like i you know i survived on the I, on the island um they don't say like they're not they're like we're they're very clear but they don't want to insult these girls they don't want to say anything mm-hmm. and i'm assuming it's like maybe because they don't want to get sued or they got sued and they're yeah. not supposed to say anything so do we have any information about what actually went went down there um, I mean, I believe they were fired. They were fired. I saw accusations, which I'm not sure are true or not, is that Matthew was unevenly distributing money mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Kelly and Beyonce were getting more of the profits and Latavia and Latoya for mm-hmm. not being in their sort of uh, nuclear family were not getting who know, you know, they didn't say anything either way. So who knows? Yeah. Um, but Latoya and Latavia, for whatever reason, are dismissed and so Beyonce and Kelly seek out two more girls and they say the main qualification is that they need to kind of look like the old ones oh, no. because they're about to shoot Say My Name, the video for Say My Name, and they don't want to like, they don't want to introduce two new members. And so their <laughs> strategy is like, let's get people who kind of look like the old ones and then get some backup <laughs> dancers and like no one will be able to tell that we changed personnel, <laughs> which is crazy in retrospect. And I mean, that song already is like, 95 percent beyonce like yeah. i think kelly has like like a semi solo if i if you even want to call it yeah that. yeah so it's like already gonna be like yeah right. like already gonna be all beyonce <laughs> right just like focus on beyonce so everyone else gonna can... shuffle around in the different outfits behind her <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna say and the scene changes so often like just change it real fast you won't be able to tell um but they find two more girls and one of these girls is tanitra michelle williams welcome michelle Uh, Born on July 23rd, 1980 in Rockford, Illinois. Um, She's a self-described spirited child drawn to performing. Um, After singing a solo with her church choir at age nine, she said she didn't really do anything as a solo artist after that. (laughs) I just love that like she did her solo in the choir at age nine and then she's like, I'm good in the background. I'm I'm recognizing my place as a support player. Yeah. (laughs) Harmonies only. But beautiful harmonies. Um, She's a very good Christian girl. She's a choir girl, loves singing in the choir, loves directing choirs. Apparently, this is a hobby of hers. She has a strict 11 p.m. curfew growing up because her mother believes that there's nothing open after 2 o'clock except legs. (laughs) I thought that was really funny. (laughs) I never heard that one before, but I'll use that with my children someday. Slut shame them into staying at home. It's, Um, It's very interesting to me that only Beyonce gets to to keep her B 
Beyonce be- given name. Yeah. Yeah. They refer, yeah. Michelle refers to this near the end and she's kind of like, they asked me if I could be Michelle and she mm-hmm. was kind of like, why? And they're kind of like, because. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, it could be honestly like they thought that white people wouldn't yeah. want to like deal with one a name like besides Beyonce, likely. right? Yeah. Yeah, it seems very uh, um, coded with mm-hmm. insinuation. Yeah, for sure. But it's interesting that then Beyonce gets to gets to keep her given name mm-hmm. but she's also blonde <laughs> <laughs> she's blonde and that she's light-skinned yeah you get, to, you get to be one or the other yeah, yeah. basically <laughs> and so michelle was basically like oh yeah it's cool like it's cool now i get to be like tanitra in my outside life and michelle in my destiny's child life which is also how i've heard lord describe her um status is <laughs> like she's like i'm lord to people who don't know me and then if you know me my name's ella <laughs> anyway um I think that's when I, I just think I just learned Lord's real name. Ella yeah. Yelich O'Connor. Mm-hmm. Never knew it. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't didn't need to. Didn't need to. <laughs> I, I, I fully, fully accept her wholly as Lord. You accept, you accept the I Lord. Accept, I accept Lord as my Lord. Yeah. And your savior. Um, yes. So Michelle is a very good girl. Um, she goes to college. She's the only one of them, I think, who attends college classes. Uh, she majors in criminal justice because she wants to be Miss Lady FBI, as she says. Um, she was really into the movie My Kiss the Girls. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see that. Of like a forensic pageant. Like who can do the best, who can solve the best so wait, murder while looking amazing. Oh yeah. So there is like there's a beauty component, but then also they have to like present a case to the judges. The talent component is they catch a terrorist. Yeah. 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 They send them out on like a mission. So it takes it takes a long time, but the payoff is worth it. It sounds like a pretty good TV show. Yeah. Yeah. I could I mean it's kinda like missing geniality. Hot hot lawyers is a proven genre on TV. Yes. 100 percent it's already there um so michelle's in college midway through her second semester she auditions to be a background singer for monica uh and she gets the gig so she's she like tried to go on the straight and narrow but like the pull of performing was too strong um like the other ladies like mm-hmm. this is just what she was born to do and then through that gig she got the opportunity to audition for destiny's child when they were looking for people who kind of look like their old members <laughs> and she makes the cut along with the aforementioned farrah franklin um she who shall be named <laughs> um but not for long farrah was like i don't think she was in the group for more than like a few months it was mm-hmm. absurdly short I don't think she was on an album at all no so this is yeah. this is after writings on the walls already come out mm-hmm. like immediately mm-hmm. afterwards mm-hmm. great so the original two mm-hmm. are dismissed even as it is already known that this is going to be a mondo huge album yeah i believe they technically win grammys uh posthumously in the band because like they still they receive dismissed, the grammys yeah they're dead they're dead to beyonce and kelly respectfully <laughs> but definitely definitely dead um are you going to play a, a song from yeah i mean i'm looking through here actually one thing i want to play on this <laughs> album that i had never heard but i think is really funny is their uh uh their Godfather intro to this album, which is great. Ooh, okay, I right. I'm sure it's going to yeah. be, become familiar. All right, let's listen to the, to, to Destiny's Child asserting their uh, crime family <laughs> persona. Amazing. Uh, here we go. Our objective of this meeting today is to discuss Destiny's Child's commandments. 
of relationships. You know, it's so unfortunate, so unnecessary. We're to end up with broken hearts. Yes, Godfather. Times have changed. Relationships aren't like the old days, you know? See, what we need is a man of his word. All this uh, cheating, backstabbing, hating. No more. No more. But Godfather, how do we avoid all these mishaps? It's obvious. The writing's on the wall. Thou shalt not hate. That's the name of the album. <laughs> what? I, I had this on. So that explains the like, thou shalt pay bills. That That's at the beginning of bills, bills, bills. I don't uh, know why I never like listened to that. I had this on Shuffle today. And when they came in with their uh, Don Corleone impressions, <laughs> I was cracking up to myself. I had never heard that. I thought it was so funny. That's ins- I can't believe that. I did not really pick up on that at the time um, at all. Also, this, this album is incredibly long album. Yeah, it's yeah. very long. It has a lot of jams on it. Does anybody have like a deep cut that they, they've always loved beyond the singles? Today I was listening to Bills, Bills, Bills a lot because I forgot how much I love that song. I forgot you play that? that that was even a... Yeah. This, they're like a band that has so many hits in this era that I like forget hits that they have. And yeah. I would mm-hmm. say that like just scrolling through their song catalog earlier and I was like, oh yeah, Bills, Bills, Bills. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. listen to that. Great. You know, it's always something to say like a band so good that you forget... <laughs> Good songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Here's Bills. 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 Help me out instead of a scrub like you who don't know what a man's about. I feel like a lot of their songs have those uh, those little hits in the middle where it's yeah. like, bup, like in this one, bup, 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 where like the Beatles stop and they'll have those like dramatic pauses. Yeah. Uh, the produ- this like production of these kinds of songs is like so specific to like '97 mm-hmm. and 2002. It's you can immediately hear those kind of like fake harpsichordy type <laughs> song uh, uh, sounds and like. The tone of the claps. It's it's yeah. it's just like those big hollow snares for '80s music. It's like as soon as you hear it, you can uh, you know know you know within five plus or minus five <laughs> years of when it was born. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what were you saying about the writer of this song? Oh, uh, Candy from uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. But she has a career long. I feel like that's almost. I don't watch a ton of Real Housewives of Atlanta, but like I feel like it's almost downplayed how much yeah. of a career she had before them versus like some of these other women. Maybe not so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because she, she rushed the TLC and she had her girl group ex- escape and she like they're coming back this year and the girl group is with Tiny who used to be married to Ti and they also had their own reality show. But yeah, watched a little bit of that. She's kind of she's relaunching because she also just like was back in the news because Ed Sheeran now has to pay her a lot of money because yes he technically stole the the like rhythm or whatever from no scrubs yes and so do you that- think that's legit <laughs> like does that yeah, it seem sounds, it sounds like it, it sounds like you should it. also pay sia because it sounds like the greatest by sia and everyone should just pay <laughs> everyone should pay yeah <laughs> just like standard dude give all your money do you candy think, birth do you think that's ed sheeran like he just like knows that song and like it's just in his like bones or something and yeah. like it kind of like came out i'm always wondering like how much for sure i mean i think he's is. like he's explored a lot of like writing for boy bands and like a lot of those pop like he's start, starting his own boy band and 
doing a lot of pop group stuff. He won't yeah. be in the boy band. <laughs> <laughs> okay. is, so, just is, to clarify, is he being like the Simon Cowell yes. sort yeah. of figure? That's kind oh, of amazing. That's interesting. The Svengali. Yeah. He do- he's doing that right now? He's been doing that for the last last year he's been putting it together nothing's come out yet uh so let's let's continue on though yes um so michelle arrives and immediately beyonce and kelly love michelle and michelle says my rule to live by has always been i don't care what it is you do i love you and if you're nice as well then i love you even more <laughs> so michelle's on a lot of ecstasy all the time <laughs> No, it's cool. She just like loves people. And Beyonce and Kelly love her positive attitude. They love her work ethic. Um, and they start to gel really nicely, especially once Michelle takes some dance lessons. Apparently, it was like kind of hairy early on. But <laughs> they're like, once she figured it out, like she worked really hard and it was good. Um, but Farah, uh, as Beyonce said, didn't fit in. And everyone saw that. Um, they're saying her voice didn't really meld with them. Um, Farah's pissed that she's asked to dye her hair which Beyonce says is a perfectly standard record label request um, so that the girls in the group can have their own visual identity. And she's like, she was like, <laughs> she's like, I'm bl- like, they made me go blonde and like, it totally damaged my hair. And like, I sucked it up because Destiny's Child, I'm like, I feel like you love looking I, I feel the like way you do. All of those, you look amazing. I feel like all those justifications are also like... <laughs> in quotation marks straight out of the contract of like quote unquote perfectly standard yeah. quote unquote requ- record industry demand. Well because it's really I feel like it is her yeah. her dad being the one yeah. who says like alright well Beyonce's blonde and Kelly has red streaks and so like this is what you're doing. I assume they asked her to dye her hair like darker. I'm not really sure what the yeah. dye request was. I but mean especially when you're like that young and there's so little information out there you probably are just like yeah like I'm sure this is a probably like really normal average thing for them to be like let's dye everyone's hair yeah like Mako, it's like the <laughs> second totally episode not whitewashing of, us yeah <laughs> right exactly yeah. it's the second episode of america's next top model like everyone gets makeover yeah. if you if you refuse you leave <laughs> um so Farrah's not happy about that um and then she also she has this moment where she is so stressed out that she doesn't go to this australian show it's a very high uh sort of energy issue moment um but there is a silver lining which is that kelly says i hate to sound like a b word but the best feeling in the world was when we first appeared as a trio so they do this australia (laughs) show and they really just come together as a as a as a trio like michelle gets to have her like shining little moments Mm -hmm. and they're like oh we actually sound really good and they had to do the mean girls thing where they figured out how to dance as a threesome instead of a foursome like mm. someone needs to you know turn around and mm-hmm. be symmetrical <laughs> um, but once they figure it all out they're like so this is where god comes in is that it's just like that feeling it's it's time destiny child is a is a trio they soldier on um they come out with independent women part one um which was released as a promo single for charlie's angels as we all know amazing song mm-hmm. should we give that a listen yes okay amazing song amazing movie amazing movie <laughs> yes. amazing video i assume that there were cameos from all of yeah. the actresses <laughs> the fact that the specific call outs to the movie tie-in are forever embedded <laughs> in this you know retroactively even more seminal pop song given the you know super stardom that beyonce yeah. went on to is amazing i love shit like that like i love how ti's live your life yeah. is forever dedicated to all his boys out there in iraq oh really but, yeah that's yeah. like the very beginning, <laughs> beginning of that song which 
I, at the time, it's going to be more, but the fact that we're still in the Middle East, even yeah. a decade on from that, uh, I guess kind of uh, diminishes yeah, I called the, it. the enjoyment of it. Yeah. But also, I love there's two pop songs that have Lucy Liu and Beyonce. <laughs> Wait, what's the, the other Haya? one? Haya. Oh, my Haya God. Haya gives like, special shouts to Beyonce and Lucy Liu. Oh, my and God. I love that there's two songs that have that. That is insane. <laughs> that was like last year, there were, or maybe two years ago at this point, but there were two songs that referenced Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. And uh, was Bruno Mars. Yeah. And then. Um, oh, the Vance Joy song. The Vance Joy song. Yeah. I can't remember what it was you called. Know, Michelle but I just Pfeiffer remember being like. Done. Hasn't been around. I know. Like, it was just for, for no like reason. Hairspray, but I'm like, sure they all were just watching Grease too, as I often do. <laughs> and they were just like, "Yeah, she really rules in this movie." <laughs> it was on like VH1 one night, and they're just like, "Yeah." That really. Puts, she's really hot. That really puts a uh, uh, Lucy Liu up there in like the pantheon of, of music associated actresses. Yeah, up there with like, like Halle Berry, Marilyn mm-hmm. Monroe, like Monroe. Yeah, <laughs> Beyonce. We'll Lucy go Liu. deeper into the song. <laughs> Enough to give you what you want Just like the first three songs on this th- on this album, Independent Woman, Part One, Survivor, and Bootylicious right in a row, that's like a real onslaught of just powerful singles. Yeah. yeah. My god. Survivor is great and really catchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you're, to- you're totally right about them fitting very confidently and directly in that that like quote unquote girl power yeah. mm-hmm. thing of the moment um, in a way that feels way less cartoonish than yeah. the Spice Girls thing. I mean, if you look at all their singles, I feel like there's like a hard sort of sense of self and mm-hmm. I mean they do have a lot of those songs like Care to You and all that stuff that mm-hmm. the birthday tend, song again. Yeah, the birthday song. <laughs> like <laughs> they have a lot of songs that are very much about like like bills, bills, bills. Like I make my money, I do this, I am independent. Like I can take care of myself. You are just just ancillary to my existence. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of they like with these songs they were definitely like we are going to very actively say that. But even with like no, 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 jump and jump in. Like, they're just like, like yeah. leave your man at home. We're fine. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I, like, underestimate how much growing up in that, like, self-empowerment sort of pop stew is helpful. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like, I don't know, between that, Spice Girls, mm-hmm. the 1999 World Cup soccer team, Women's World <laughs> Cup soccer team just crushing it. Like, it was a good, it wasn't a horrible place to be. Yeah. It's interesting to even think <laughs> of this kind of pop music as with that kind of, I don't know, e- economic consciousness mm-hmm. of a song like Bills, Bills, Bills. You know, I think that I feel like that kind of stuff comes and goes uh, depending on, you know, what's in vogue in the cultural climate. But, um, you know, the late 90s are not necessarily thought of as as a time with that kind of thing. And usually when the girl power thing is brought up it's brought up about like the Spice Girls using it as you know a branding call more than anything but you Mm -hmm. know it's like deep and not silly and casual in a way in these songs uh, that makes it more um, I don't know if insidious is the right word because that has like a negative connotation but Mm -hmm. it's like it's baked into the thing in in, uh, a not uh, super um, like corny way or something you know yeah it stakes claim a lot more confidently yeah Mm -hmm. yeah totally it also reminds me of... Um, and then again, all these songs just 
bang. Yeah. Yeah. They're so good. <laughs> well, like in sync being like, it doesn't matter about the car I drive or the ice around my neck. Like, I feel like there was so much talk about like your car, your jewelry, like your clothes. It was all just so like itemized. And I feel like people don't really sing about that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah. I mean, also in sync became really fascinating with their own fame. Yes. I mean, they named their entire last album celebrities. Yes. So they just became really fascinating with the fact that they were so big. And yeah. even Backstreet Boys too. Like yeah. those boy bands were all very much just like, we're really famous and yeah. we have a lot of fans, so we're going to sing about it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like the current crop of boy bands really didn't do that yeah. much. Yeah. No, the current crop of boy bands sing about fan, the individual, how yeah. they're here for like you, you singular one in your room yeah. surrounded Just by you. the five boys. Mm-hmm. Girl almighty. Yeah, yeah. All that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not one of like the... the, the <laughs> faceless throngs yeah. the hordes uh, yeah. Yeah. group of yourself. girls that yeah, just yeah. like want to bone this boy band like. <laughs> no it's only about you um Wait, great I just want to play like two seconds of Bootylicious okay you want to get that also Stevie Nicks is in the video she, she is, is? The video? I rewatched her recently and I was just like she's literally in this video this is the best thing that's ever happened that's insane <laughs> I did not know that yeah that's great I yeah. did not pick up on that a lot of my life <laughs> <laughs> the intersection of Stevie I think like Ashton Kutcher too or someone who looks just like him oh my god but Stevie Nicks like kind of shows up when they're in the dressing room part and she like plays guitar very briefly that's, that's insane that's also interesting or I guess this is a little past then but it's like a little contentious around sampling with, yeah. you know the, between the original artist and the um, sampling artist about how gracious the mm-hmm. original artist is going to be about it so it's cool that she shows up yeah and I feel like I did not know that was a Stevie Nicks song at the time. I was just like, this is just a really good Destiny's Child yeah. song. And then late, like much later. That single guitar note is so good. Yeah. <laughs> Fostered a lifelong friendship between Stevie and Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fanfic I've written in my life. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be out there. Is some, oh my God. <laughs> that would be incredible. I think the world needs that. Um, amazing. So after Independent Women came out, um, the Destiny Child wins a Grammy for Best R&B Song for Bills, Bills, Bills in 2000. Um, at that same award show, they perform like a little medley of Say My Name and Independent Women. Um, there's like a botched costume change by Michelle where she's supposed to get some sort of pant leg out of a boot and she doesn't get it in time. But other than that, it goes great. Um, clearly like a, a uh, an important moment for them because everyone recounts like every minute of that performance. <laughs> like Madonna's in the front row, kind of looking like stone face. Eventually, Bono, like, yeah, no, Bono is like, I'm a big fan of Destiny's Child. Like, it was just sort of their night that they became sort of the toast of the music industry, as it were. Um, 2001 treats them really well. Uh, they win five Billboard Awards, and then Survivor is obviously a massive hit. Um, the one downside to 2001 is obviously 9-11, not so great for anybody, um, but they perform at the, like, concert afterwards, and they do the, they do Emotions, which Emotions is honestly one of my favorite Destiny's Child songs, personally, and if you ever want to, like, I have done that at karaoke, I've never done that at karaoke (laughs) in front of you guys, um, and I don't know if the, if the world's ever going to see that again, but my friend had a karaoke machine in high school, and I used to do it, and it was extreme <laughs> like there are there's spots in my brain that could i could have learned to become 
a scientist or something and instead I know like every note <laughs> of like every ad lib that Beyonce <laughs> does in emotions um yeah. all right wow so yeah 2001 dark dark spot obviously yeah. for everyone but uh they crushed it and then they kind of run out of biographical material. <laughs> um, they, they've they spoke their piece. So they talk about boys a little bit. Um, Kelly says that Matthew Knowles taught her, don't let boys get up in your business. They sure won't ever let you get up in theirs. <laughs> Which is interesting advice. And maybe explain some of the like independent lyrics crafted later by Beyonce. Is that just... Daddy Lessons Part 1. Yeah, the original <laughs> Daddy quote. Lessons. Oh, my God. Uh, Beyonce talks about her first relationship with a boy named Lindell. Um, she dated him for six years, and they broke up because she got too busy being a nascent pop star. And according to dating, she says, as for the future, only God knows. And, of course, now we know the we saga know. The, of She must have met Jay-Z, like, yeah. right after this, right? They met yeah. around... 2001 2002 yeah it was very i don't think even before crazy in love people really knew that they were dating mm-hmm. each other i think that was sort of the beginning of the rumors about it but they had been they had been going for it for a while so she's probably being coy then saying only god knows it was like, definitely she's... before her 21st birthday they were dating because mm-hmm. he references it on 444 when he talks about how he was embarrassed by her on her on her 21st birthday <laughs> great <laughs> Great couple of lines. Where he I need to get title. Apologizes. It's on. It's on Apple Music now. Oh great! Oh, great. Oh, I gotta get Apple Music. <laughs> I think I still have my trial. Like I haven't even signed up for it yet. Thank, thank God. Yeah, he, he apologizes amazing. for like saying that he was embarrassed for by her on her twenty first birthday. Wow. Whole thing. But anyway, so it was pre twenty one. I want to say yeah. like nineteen twenty. They started dating. Yeah, so, so it must have been right around the the publishing of this memoir. In this book, yeah. they say they're like we don't drink. So when they at the Grammys that night that they were sort of coronated, um, yeah. they like everyone was champagne toasting them and they had like soda because yeah. they don't they didn't drink at the time which I thought was funny. And they also didn't curse. And I was watching um, Don't Hurt Yourself. And I'm like, Beyonce curses now. <laughs> Judiciously. But like, it's she's come a long way in that sense. Um, the only other significant boy uh, tidbit is Michelle just saying that she's inspired by Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake's ability to support each other's careers oh, because dark. they're still dating <laughs> at, this, at, the t- at press time, which I found funny oh. because... They did, didn't they, for a little while. Yeah. And they wore the denim outfit, which is the most support you could possibly get to them. So legendary. So Molly, what do you make of this book as a as a piece of myth making and, and writing? So the I wrote at the end of my like write up, why did this book get written? <laughs> <laughs> and I think one reason is because they did want to set the like group member drama to rest. Like I think they wanted to have their say or their not say mm-hmm. uh, in like some a cases. Book length press release. Yeah, it kind of. And they were just like, this is what it is. Like, let's move on. And then the other reason I think it exists is Beyonce being self-effacing. There's a lot in it of her saying 
uh, things like, now that I'm producing our, our records, I ask the other girls to sing all the time. I don't want to sing all the leads by myself. It's exhausting. Their voices deserve to be heard. And she also says, people have tried to say, Beyonce always gets to wear the best outfits, but we all wear the same clothes. I might wear a dress, Kelly will wear hot pants, and Michelle will put on regular pants. That's not because she's not hot. It's because that's what she's comfortable wearing. It's all made from the same material. Just because the pants aren't hot doesn't mean she is. So there's a lot of Beyonce kind of, I think, defending herself against yeah. these accusations that she's hogging. Does it feel at all like a positioning of to set Beyonce up to like gracefully move on or is does it end a lot with like this band will exist forever they so it's funny you mentioned that they they end it and they're basically like we're about to go on hiatus and so this Mm -hmm. was the hiatus you referred to three I think yeah like three years um so at this point Beyonce is filming Austin Powers um she was in the MTV amazing MTV movie Carmen the Hip Hopera so good so good we should watch you have have you I remember that that being heavily promoted and me being like that doesn't look bad uh but I don't think I got around to watching it this was the time when if I wanted to watch it and I wasn't there, I would have had to like set a VHS tape to oh my God. And go for him. And that didn't quite meet those standards of must-see TV for me. Fair. Um, but that was amazing. And then Michelle and Kelly are recording their solo albums. Um, I don't remember what Michelle's deal was, but Kelly, I just looked this up before we started recording. Kelly sold two and a half million copies of her solo album mm-hmm. in 2002. Which is kind of amazing. Well, she had a big hit with Dilemma. Dilemma. Mm -hmm. And then that song Stole, which I totally forgot about. That was like the kids. I can't remember what it was about. But it was like, (laughs) it was about how high school is hard, basically. Right? Perennially good topic to write a song about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Brittany, as a a bit of a Beyonce scholar, how do you Mm -hmm. feel like this, like Destiny's Child in general or like what you've heard of from this book, like fits into the the Beyonce mythos? I mean... Beyonce has always been very careful with like how she approaches press or speaking about really anything beyond her music. I mean, even Mm -hmm. her music, she gets very like protected about it. Mm -hmm. And Destiny's Child is no different. Like everything, every interview they did, they had a very kind of silly period very early on where they would like host red carpets and do stuff like that when they were just starting out. But the minute they got really huge, they were very protected. Mm-hmm. And so this, like, everything in the book, like, it makes sense why they would want to save face and explain the, like, more dramatic parts of mm-hmm. it and not get too specific and be very PR-y. Because I don't think they've ever, like, really any of them have ever gotten too in-depth in an interview or in writing, any mm-hmm. like, beyond their music. Like, their music is really the most personal thing that they all have. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, super respectable. I mean, as a journalist upsetting yeah (laughs) as someone who would like to interview beyonce deeply horrifying but yeah i think that i also super respect the fact that they have consistently been extremely protective of their personal life of their relationship with each other with their music with everything they create and they only express themselves through what we hear Mm -hmm. and it's very yeah it's very appropriate that this is what did you say that there was a like a kind of meme or joke of david lynch being interviewed about movies and i just saw it in screen cap form mm-hmm. where he's like people i'm imagining it in his david lynch voice <laughs> like people ask me after a movie comes out to tell them to talk about the movie and then it's like an image of him wincing and <laughs> he's like that's what the movie does <laughs> it tells you about the movie yeah 
Yeah. Uh, and that seems very Beyonce has just like the songs come out and they're yeah. like, these songs are exactly about what the songs are about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we were talking about this last week. We were talking about the uh, interview or 1991 interview with Madonna and Carrie mm-hmm. Fisher about Madonna's career. We were just talking about how pop stars present themselves and mm-hmm. how they're received and how it's like an interplay between all things, all those things. And throughout her career, Beyonce to her great, great strength has seemed to have the most control mm-hmm. over herself, her image and have like, almost the smallest amount of room between what she presents and what she wants to be perceived on. Like there's not, Mm -hmm. you can try really hard to second guess things, but there's just like not a lot there to second guess. So even Mm -hmm. I found it very impressive when like they did that, that very brief Destiny's Child reunion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. During, was that a Super Bowl performance? Yes. Yes. Where it was like, Beyonce is doing her like amazing, elaborate, like presenting a bunch of ideas about what she's doing and what she's up to right mm-hmm. then. And then like Destiny Child pop up and they're there for like literally less than a minute. <laughs> they, yeah, pop up. They're there. It's it, you could read it as like, here's Beyonce bringing out the Destiny Child prop to be like, look at this thing that's ancillary to me. But it doesn't yeah. feel like that at all, even though you could read it into it. And it's just like constantly impressive how gracefully she manages to control all these things without seeming over controlling Mm -hmm. and also i think it's like they do genuinely have a friendship in a way that i don't trust with a lot of groups Mm -hmm. i mean like i had mentioned with the miss tina like her instagram and the way that she kind of talks about them as family and it seems like i mean beyonce shares very little beyond lemonade but like that's pretty (laughs) much it and like even on her instagram is very curated and everything and she doesn't really talk about it too much but it seems like they all genuinely have a a close bond from yeah. experiencing this together and also even Michelle coming in late to the game like she she seems to be extremely close to them like she's able to get both of them on her weird gospel single that came out a couple <laughs> years ago and so good. they were totally cool with it yeah. but also it was probably God brought them to that gospel single yeah. and when Jesus says yes yes you can't say no is that that single yeah, yeah. it's really good yeah. I had I didn't know about it until I listened to the um the this is Beyonce Spotify playlist yeah. and it came up and on shuffle Actually, because surprisingly good song yeah very it, fun it's really catchy I'll yeah. drop that in under this a little bit <laughs> thank so you get a, a sense of it but that'd be a good good one to to end <laughs> on just because it's very and it all belongs to you Those lines of, of, of finding Beyonce's in, in her in sense of her presentation. We watched those behind the scene videos from was that from Beyonce the album? Yes, her uh, like the YouTube videos. That's like the oh, making yeah. of Beyonce. Yeah, it is just interesting seeing since the Beyonce has shifted herself into you know very consciously into like serious artist mm-hmm. in the last two auteur. yeah auteur over the last two albums and you know a little before that but you know very specifically over the yeah. last two albums um you know everything that you've seen presented from her is very very serious just watching her behind the scenes videos and where are those available are they on the digital album um they're on i just found them on youtube beyonce vivo yeah <laughs> there's also um life is but a dream that documentary oh, yes. that came yeah. out i think it was right after the super bowl which was before 
the self-titled album came out. Mm-hmm. And that also was a, a documentary that was really about saving face because of the whole stuff with her dad mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. the baby stuff. And that was, that had been the last few years of the tabloid cycle was like the fact that she had to fire her dad and the fact that people thought that her pregnancy was fake and right. yeah. all the marital issues. Like she, and that she's part of an Illuminatus plot. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean that every, she got so much shit for that because people mm-hmm. were just like, this is so fake and this is so controlled, but it was just like, she wants, she was going to address it in the way that she was going to address it. Mm-hmm. And well, that's the thing yeah. that I thought was so interesting about those behind the scenes videos is that, at least the ones that we were watching mm-hmm. was just like her and her crew like yeah. fun and like having a good time behind the scenes and it was very interesting to watch her in a very naturalistic way which is not often how you see her yeah. like recording an album in a very improvisational way and like seeming to make things up on the fly and just like yeah. following the fun of what was going on but she's clearly so used to having cameras on her like yeah. she does have someone basically like oh yeah she has recording a all the time to- like yeah her her entire life and her image thereof is mm-hmm. in her grasp yeah. yeah i mean that's the only way either you're gonna do it or somebody else is right yeah yeah, so she's going to do it. And she's going to look amazing doing it. Yeah. Near the end of the book, she does say, she's talking about her songwriting process mm-hmm. and her future soul album, Dangerously in Love. She says, I want to sell records, but I also want those records to get good reviews. And unfortunately, nine times out of ten, those two don't go together. I don't know what the solution is. And the solution is to be Beyonce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like... I already thinking, like... Fun I'm fact. This fun yet. fact. The only person who can release a surprise album effectively yeah. is Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out... Yeah, exactly. So um, she she gets it. Yeah. She she knows what the solution is. Yeah. She just has to takes her some it. time, but she figures it out. Well, yeah. with that little bit of self prophesizing mm-hmm. uh, and you know calling her own shot, uh, maybe we'll wrap it up here. Before we go, do we have any uh, final thoughts? Anything else? <laughs> I love Beyonce. I love Beyonce. <laughs> She's so great. She is. You know. I love Destiny's Child too. Yeah. Yes. Everything's great. <laughs> it's one of those things where like not all of these things are necessarily my favorite but it, the the goodness of them in terms of quality is uh undeniable oh one more thing before we start recording this i didn't know that uh tina that beyonce's mom did all their outfits yeah uh and i found that shocking uh <laughs> mm-hmm. because primarily because all the outfits seem so like competently professionally yeah. They're really well done. Yeah. yeah. There's one in the book that's their Grammy look from 2000 or 2001. And it's just like, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's like green sequins. And I mean, they're very of the time, but they're mm-hmm. also very like very intricate and yeah. very like old school girl groupy. With yeah, just yeah. Like the kind Supreme. of like. Oh, yeah. I love the thing yeah. where they're all of a theme, but all yeah. slightly different, you know. Some have hot pants, some have not hot pants. That doesn't mean <laughs> doesn't they're not mean hot. They're not hot. <laughs> it just means she wanted to wear her pants. Yeah, I just like... Sh- and it's amazing to have the option, right? Yeah. Like, you can yeah. just be like, I'm feeling like a mini dress today. Not that I would underestimate the the quality capable of, like, effectively a pageant mom, but, you know, I assume that these were all things that were being, like, brought in by the record label and, like, yeah. designed oh, no. by some giant corporation <laughs> or something. Anyway, I found that pleasantly shocking. Um, <laughs> 
Brittany, is there anything you'd like to plug before we go or like anything coming up? Can we find your work someplace? Um, you can find all of my work at rollingstone.com and I have a couple of big pieces dropping later this month, which I'm really excited Ooh. about. Ooh. Cannot talk about. Cannot talk well, about. Well, one of them is a, a Stevie Nicks adjacent piece. Ooh, right. great. So really you love exciting. that one note from Bootylicious. Yeah. There's more. <laughs> if you're a huge fan of just the riff of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just 17, that's it. Um, and yeah, and then a couple of interviews coming up that I can't talk about yet. Right, but. Great, oh great. my gosh. <laughs> is it going to be as epic as Nicki Minaj tweeting about you? Yes hopefully, or no? Hopefully. Okay. Wait, wait I missed this. When did, when did this happen? Oh, yeah. No, I, I saw this happen. <laughs> was this about the recent-ish Nicki Minaj? When was this? Drama? She tweeted about me, what was it, the end of 2015 or something? I had written a review, and she was just like, thank you, hashtag Britney Spanos. Aww. So now I legally changed hashtag my name. <laughs> oh, I've, I've seen that. I didn't know what the origin story was. Yeah. Uh, I, NBD. I was hoping that it was something to do with Nicki Minaj getting the key to the city of Queens recently, which I thought was so nice. That is nice. <laughs> yeah, I felt. Very, I realized there were borough good. keys. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I assume it's just her and Fran Drescher trading it back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. And where can we find you online? At Britney Spanos. At Oh Hey Britney. O H H E Y. At Oh Hey Britney. Britney. Great. Amazing. Um. Well, we'll be back in two more weeks with more uh, junk from our garage of <laughs> memoirs. I, Some hot stuff coming in from the Amazon shipments. This is Amazon not an shipments. endorsement of Amazon, but... I think for right now... I'll, that's just where they're coming from. Our programming's not, yet. Gonna, <laughs> not yet. We'll see. <laughs> our programming's a little up in the air, but we have some more really good stuff from the, around this era, a little before and a little after, mm-hmm. uh, in the hopper. We're going to be sticking with the 90s and aughts... Uh, <laughs> For a while so uh get used to the all denim all the time fashion yeah <laughs> uh but until then uh you can follow us on twitter at and intro pod or send us an email at and introducing pod at gmail.com our soundcloud is soundcloud.com slash and dash intro dash pod <laughs> and as always remember to subscribe to us on itunes subscribe and when you do re- rate and review us too rate and review but only if you have like really cool things to say about us but also please review our friends podcast about the hbo show ballers has like three times the amount of reviews as we do we're starting a flame war with balling out yeah the ballers <laughs> podcast this yes. is official we're yeah. calling out ballers i listen to every one of their shows but they don't listen to us so we can just... east coast west coast beef like the <laughs> olden days yes the entirety of pop music on one side versus HBO's Ballers on the other. Yeah. But yeah, please do rate, review, and subscribe. And you can find me at Say What Again on Twitter. I'm at Miss Molly Mary, also uh, on Twitter. Love ye- that website. Come yell at us <laughs> about all the, uh, the the things that we do and do not know about pop music. Please. Because both of them contain uh, multitudes. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us yes, today, Yes, thank of you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Until next week, this has been And Introducing... Yeah.